like that. You want Hello, everybody. That. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. I am excited to be here. I hope you all are excited to be listening to another edition of the Logan Blackman Show and a special edition of the Logan Blackman Show as this is being recorded while the first football game of the season is going on. It's so emotional. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I know it's a preseason game. I know it's the Hall of Fame game. I know it's the Jets and Browns. But football's back, ladies and gentlemen. Give yourselves a round of applause. We have officially made it to the start of football season. Again, it might just be a preseason game. We might not see any of the good players for either team. We already know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play. We know Deshaun Watts is not going to play. So we're seeing a Zach Wilson on his birthday game versus Kellen Mond. Former third-round pick by the Minnesota Vikings a couple years ago. And then we're going to see Dorian Thompson-Robinson in this game. Like it's, We're going to have a fun time. We're going to have a fun time. It might not be the pinnacle of football, but there's a lot of people excited for this New York Jets team this year. There's a lot of people excited. And apparently, according to reports, Zach Wilson looks like a completely different person this year. So we will have to see. Obviously, you guys listening to the show right now know what happened. I don't know what happened. Right now, they're just doing the pregame stuff. I'm on NBC right now. They got their little panel people up right now on the field. I don't know exactly when the game's supposed to start. I think it's like roughly around 7. It's 6.55 right now as I sit here. But we'll get to all that in a little bit. Let's go over the housekeeping items first, though. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> at Logan underscore Blackman. You can find me on Instagram at Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is the Logan Blackman Show 1. Yes, the personal account is Blackman Logan. I don't remember if I said that because I was trying to search something up at the exact same time I was talking, and it's just not, it's not really working for me. It's not really working for me. But again, make sure you follow the YouTube or like and subscribe to the Facebook page and or like and follow, good lord, we're struggling right now. Like and follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can check out links to the podcast on every single one of those forms of social media we mentioned before. And of course, bringing up the podcast, make sure you follow and or subscribe to the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts to search Logan Blackman Show. The only way you know what I'm saying right now is if you are listening to the show. So if you're not subscribed or you're not sure if you're subscribed, subscribe, might as well go and check. And then make sure to leave a five-star rating on there as well. Can be a one-star rating or five-star rating. Of course, I'm not going to tell you how to... I'm not going to tell you what your opinion is. You are allowed to have your own opinion, but of course, I would appreciate a five-star rating a lot more (laughs) than a one-star rating. But as long as you leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do, whether it's good or bad, that's fine. I'll get over it. I'll get over it. They're playing a commercial for the Big Ten on NBC, and Fallout Boy has another... Song for sports? I feel like this is all... They're, like, they're the, the catalyst for arena rock at this point in time. Every single season, you see a Fallout Boys song. Whether it's college football, NFL, hockey, whatever it is. Like, my songs know what you did in the dark with the NHL season a few years ago. I remember how long ago that was. Like, I see Fallout Boy everywhere with these things. Post Malone has got the ESPN edition of college football. We haven't seen the CBS one, which is the new home of the Big Ten, which we'll get to conference realignment again a little bit later in the show. Of course, we got the Hall of Fame going on right now. So let's, or the Hall of Fame game, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, I believe, is tomorrow night, Friday night, I believe. So if you listen to it right now, it's going to be tonight. But let's give some congratulations to the class of 2023. 
Rondé Barber. Let's get some round of applause. Rondé Barber, Don Coriel, Eric Coriel, the Chargers teams, Chuck Halley, who was the first ever, first and only defensive MVP or MB, Super Bowl MVP in a losing effort. Joe Klecko, Darrell Revis, one of the greatest corners of all time. Ken Riley, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, no relation to my knowledge. And then Demarcus Ware. Give yourselves a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Impressive stuff. Impressive stuff. I'm really happy Darrell Revis made first ballot. Dude was locked down. Absolutely locked down. They keep flashing up, I think it's the 2009 season. But he was elite throughout his entire career. Won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Played with two of my least favorite teams, the Jets and Patriots. Even though I've said numerous times, I more loathe the Jets than actually hate the Jets. But back then, that was when the Jets were actually pretty decent. And they were spearheaded by an elite defense, namely with Darrell Revis. And they were talking about this before I started recording. The last time, at least if I, I, may, I, I might have heard this wrong, but the last time the Jets played on NBC <laughs> was the butt fumble game on Thanksgiving. The Mark Sanchez butt fumble. That was the last time this team has played on NBC. And again, there's a lot of hype going into the season for the New York football Jets. A lot of hype. Am I necessarily buying it? I'm not 100% sure. I think they'll be a good team. I think they'll be a good team. I'm not I'm not sitting here going like they're going to be a bad team. But I'm going to sit here, not going to sit here like Adam Rank, which is what we brought up on Wednesday, and think the Jets are going to go 13-4. I'm not sitting here and saying that at all. I don't think that'll be... I think we're talking about a possible 9-10 win team here. They won seven games last year. They won seven games last year. Zach Wilson beat the Packers last year. Aaron Rodgers watched the playoffs at home with Zach Wilson last year. So I'm not sitting here and going like this team's going to be ass. They're going to suck. Major cock. It's going to be a, the worst season of all time. No, I'm not saying that. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And remember, this is still the Jets. Remember when the Browns were supposed to be competing for things a few years ago? Where did that go? Where did that time go? Because the next year after that, they missed the freaking playoffs. Their first overall pick quarterback got shipped off to Carolina. They brought in Deshaun Watson, a guy who they could have drafted originally in 2017, brought him in for a shitload of picks and a shit ton of money. So it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not always roses. It's not always roses. It's, it can be a little bit before things start really turning around. For the New York Jets, I think, again, they'll be competitive. they got a very good defense. Quinnen Williams, very good player. Sauce Gardner, very good player. But I'm not ready to crown them the champs of the AFC East yet. I'm not ready to crown them that. Not ready to do that. It's like the Denver Broncos a couple years ago. All they need is a coach and a quarterback. The Broncos put forth one of the worst offensive displays I've seen in recent history. With a guy who <laughs> we brought up with Brady and Jared when they were on here, I don't think history will be too kind. To Russell Wilson, especially that first year in the Broncos. He could be fine this year. Like, they can't be much worse. There's already a big rivalry going on between Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. And I think it's funny how that's kind of getting perceived by the national media and just people on social media and stuff like that. Where Sean Payton said what everything, what everybody else was thinking. Like, you had to sit, not everybody in the league, whether they want to admit it or not or say it, whether they're saying it out loud to a media press conference. I mean, if that was the right way to do it, I don't know. But everybody and their mom knows how ass that Broncos team was last year. So he was basically like, whatever they did, we're doing the complete opposite. It was a train wreck, essentially. I'm paraphrasing here, of course. But at the way that it got like, whoa, Sean Payton. And they made he, had, he apologized for it. He apologized for it. Why? He said what literally everybody else was thinking. And not just thinking, everybody was saying it anyways. Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos sucked 
cock last year. Unwatchable. And sometimes I'll throw on the world borderline unwatchable. No, 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 no. They were just an unwatchable team. They were terrible. Absolutely terrible. They needed that quarterback and head coach to come in, and this is going to be the thing that gets them over the top. Nope. Nope. If anything, they were better <laughs> with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Schumer. Like, whoever the hell you want to throw in there, it could it felt like they could have been better. So this year with Sean Payne, I'm expecting better things. It can't get much worse. And good Lord, Darrell Revis looking kind of heavy right now. They got, they're got they showing Sauce Gardner. They're introducing all the Hall of Famers. Darrell Revis just walked onto the field. And uh, they just showed Sauce Gardner. Now Joe Thomas is coming on the field. Now with that field, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the show. My friends know about this, but I don't know if I've ever actually talked about it on the show before. There's Aaron Rodgers. He'll be doing this eventually. He'll be doing this eventually. Whether he has success with the Jets or not, Aaron Rodgers will be here. First ballot, unanimous, all that stuff. We already know that. But back to what I was going to talk about. So I had a camp. I had a football camp, a recruiting camp of sorts at the Hall of Fame back when I was, before my senior year of high school. Right before my senior year of high school. So I got a letter. So at the high school, they had like little folders for yourself. Like in the, in the athletic department's office, you had like little, little folders for yourself. Like everybody on the phone, every athlete had one, at least that I'm aware of. So you would get like, that was where your recruiting letters would go. Because coaches didn't want to track down all the, like the coach that were recruiting people at Johnson High School. We didn't have any like insanely high level athletes here. Everybody that I played football with and everybody I played sports with was going to like, one person went to a D2 school. One person, I, my senior year, one person went D2, everybody else went D3 NAIA and JUCO. No one made the big jump up. No one made the big jump up. So we weren't getting like Nebraska's, the Iowa's, the Iowa State's, all those stuff. We'll get to Iowa, Iowa State here in a little bit for some not fun stuff going on with them. But you get all these letters in the mail. And one time I was sitting there, I walked in because I was like, eh, you never know what you're going to see. I had a few recruiting letters in there every once in a while, like as the season progressed, not before the season. Well, I take that back. I had one. I had Central. Central was the only one that offered before the season started, my senior year of high school. I think I got one from like, oh, I had Co. I already did a few camps at Co. So I had, I had a good relationship with the people at Co. But I saw, I went to the office one day and I saw this letter from a blue-gray All-American camp. They had a regional combine down in St. Jo- oh, crap. What college? I always forget what college it is. It's where the Chiefs have tra- off-season tra- like the, the OTAs and stuff like that. The Griffins is what they're called. Is it South? Is it Northwest Missouri State? No, it's not Northwest Missouri State. It's not the, not them, not them. Uh, Griffins, Missouri football. I, I don't know. What is this school called? Missouri Western. It was at Missouri Western. So you had all these regional combines from around the country. And this was obviously the Midwest region. Was that the, the Missouri Western practice facility? And again, the Chiefs play here. So they had the big dome facility. So we were inside for this. And there was about me... It was a wide receiver and quarterback camp mostly. They had different camps for the offensive linemen and defensive players and all that stuff too. That was a little bit later. We'll get to that later. But we went to this camp down in Missouri. And I'm not joking when I say this. I'm not exaggerating at all. You can ask anybody that was there. <laughs> you can ask my dad. I played the crap. I, I shot the lights out of this dome place. I was freaking awesome. Out of 40 plus quarterbacks that were there, I was ranked number three. And that is not, again, I could not, I, I wish I was making this up because that would make the, le- the next part a little less sad. <laughs> the first part, 
I was feeling myself. And the big thing I was noted on was my accuracy. That was my main thing. I have a strong arm. I'm not, I'm not, I gotta sit here and toot my own horn a little bit. I got a strong arm, but I, accuracy was my main factor. I could let it rip when I needed to, but I was very accurate. I had one incompletion throughout the entire day. I remember how many passes we played, how many passes we threw, but I kicked ass that day. And you obviously ran the 40, you had like broad jump. It was like a combine, pretty much. It was like the, yeah, it was like the, it was a scouting combine down in Indianapolis. So we went to that, felt really good about how I did. Felt really good. And then we were at home, and again, that was a regional combine. You had a national combine after that. And then I get a letter in the mail. And then when I say mail, at the office, and it's an invitation to the national combine, which was at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I was freaking stoked. I was stoked. Like, I was like, this is what I've been working for. This is what I'm going to be put up on a, a, not a pedestal. I don't want to say it like that. But I'm going to get more notoriety. I'm going to, people are going to see how good I can be at this combine. And I went there and to say I shit the bed would be kind of an understatement. Now it was raining that day, but it was really, so we'll go to the first part. So first, I guess. So before the camp started, you had a day at the hall of fame. They had a whole banquet. You had to wear a suit and tie. Like they, it was the whole nine yards, whole nine yards. And you're sitting in this, you're sitting in this, uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it a cafeteria. What do you call it? It wasn't even like a tented off air. I don't know what you want to call it. Where all the stuff was. And they had the whole, like the NFL network music playing in the background. Or like the old school NFL films music. It's like, wow, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I can't remember who all the coaches were there. But you're sitting there kind of like in awe. You got all these people from around the Midwest there. So you have the regional... So, uh, the regional combine, this was the regional super combine because there was only four places for this one. There was way more places for the regional combines. There was only four. There was this one. There's one in Jacksonville. There's one in Dallas. And then there was one. It was out West. I don't remember where it was out West, but we chose the hall of fame. Oh, they got DeMarcus Ware singing the national anthem. I didn't know this dude could sing the hall of famer and a national anthem singer. Wow. What, what can't this guy do? What can't this guy do? But we're going through this banquet process, and they, one by one, they called you up by name. Called you up by name, and they gave you a little jersey. Gave you a little jersey, a little practice jersey, and it was nice silver, had little metallic things in it. It was red, had the big logo on it. It turned into my practice jersey when I went to William Penn. And maybe I would have still gone to William Penn had I performed better, but man, I did not feel great about myself after that. I felt really shitty. I'm not going to lie. I went up and talked to the coach afterwards. And maybe this was the wrong way to do it. Maybe it was the completely wrong way to do it. But And that helps with hindsight. I was a 17-year-old kid who had put a lot of weight on his shoulders to do well and sucked. To my estimates. To my estimates. Maybe I wasn't as bad as what I think I was, but I felt like I was terrible. And again, the rain might have not helped anything, but I'm not even going to use that as an excuse because I think I would have been bad regardless of the rain or not. And I go to the main guy, and he's like, oh, how do you think you did? I was like, I think I did bad. And again, maybe I think that's the wrong way to do it. I was so mad at myself. I was so I had this big opportunity. And you if you did well at the regional the national con or like the the regional super combine, you got invited to play in the Blue Gray All American game, which is on NFL Network down in Jacksonville. So it was like that other step. I was one step away from playing in a it's not like the US Army All American game or anything like that, or the Shrine Bowl or those things. But it was still like super cool to think of that could be I was one step from that. And I didn't get it. 
and it hurt, and I knew I didn't get it. I knew I sucked that day, so when he asked me, I was just point blank as I could be, and I was like, yeah, that sucked. I didn't tell him that sucked. I was like, no, I don't think I did very good. If I'm being honest, I was like, I think I could do a lot better than what I showed out here. And I can. I can. I literally showed, he was there at the regional combine at Missouri Western. He was down there for that. So when I went to the Hall of Fame and did not perform very well there, it hurt. It hurt. It crushed my soul a little bit. Went back to Iowa. Did not feel great about myself. Did not feel great about But overall, great experience. Apart from the on-the-field stuff, the Hall of Fame was a great thing to go through. I never thought I'd actually be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You never really think about going there. And maybe I'm alone in that. I never really once growing up was like, man, I'm going to, I got to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Maybe like once or twice, but I never really had big aspirations to go like, I need to go to the Pro Football Fame. Oh, that's, uh, if, uh, unless it's for my Hall of Fame ceremony and stuff like that. But, I mean, I guess jo- half jokingly, my dad wanted to go to Jim Kelly's Hall of Fame ceremony <laughs> when he got inducted. But he obviously did not end up going to that. But really cool, really cool place, really cool event that was taking place there. I don't know if it's still a thing. I I, I guess I should look that up. Is Blue-Gray All-American Camp still a, game? Still a thing? All-American Bowl, I guess. High school American football game. Is it still on? Ray, okay, Raymond James. So they changed the stadiums up. So you got Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. You got Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. You got AT&T Stadium. And then you got... Was oh, that it? <laughs> I guess that's it. Is this going on this year or not? It's on ESPN3 this year. It's not even on the NFL Network anymore. All-American Combine. Combine rosters. Oh, nominated prospect for 2023. Yeah, and they still have it at Missouri Western, too. The Heartland Super Regional. So what was I at? What the hell was I at then? Because I thought the Super Regional was at the Combine. But that the Super Regional was at Missouri Western. Yeah, Heartland Super Regional. Kansas City Chiefs Training Facility, Turf Surface, Missouri Western State University. I don't know. I this is all. I'm. I thought I was called something else. I guess it's. Not. <laughs> oh my goodness! But the game's about to start. The game is about to start, and overall, the Hall of Fame's a cool play. And it was going. It was under construction at the time the field was, so it doesn't look anything like it. What it looks like now is not what it looked like back when I was there. Which again was back in 2015. Which weirdly, weirdly thinking about this, 2015 was, God. Was that eight years ago? 2015 was eight years ago. Because it would have been around this time. It would have been around July, August when I went down there. Jeez, July, August of 2015. Wow. And Kellen Mond's taking the field right now. 33rd round selection, 66th overall by the Minnesota Vikings 21. It was funny, speaking of Kellen Mond, I guess. So Chris Sims, back in the day, we always talk about, like, during the draft process, Chris Sims is always someone you want to pay attention to because he always posts something that you kind of like look at and go, I can't tell if you're being serious, if this is what you actually think, or are you trying to like start something to get people talking? Because we're in the era of clickbait sports, clickbait journalism, stuff like that. And there's the first snap of the football season. Kevin Kellen Mond drops back to pass, hits a little dump off. I don't know who that's to. I haven't memorized the Browns and Jets rosters as of right now. Who is that? Number 41. I, I can't tell. I'm not going to go over and see everybody. <laughs> I know the quarterbacks, but we'll not, we're not going to go over every single player here. But 
he's one of those dudes that you kind of like, are you being serious or not? Because around this time, around <laughs> this time, this draft, Kellerman's draft, which was the 2021 NFL draft, which is Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, um, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and then Kyle Trask was in there. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. And you got Kellen Mond at Davis Mills. So you have a decent amount of quarterbacks going within the first three rounds, which you look at in early in the first three rounds as well. When you look at the 2022 NFL draft, the one that came a year later, <laughs> you had one quarterback taken in the first versus five. And then you had no quarterback after that taken until the middle of the third round, which was Desmond Ritter. So two completely different vibes for the draft. But during this draft, Kellen Mond's draft, Chris Sims had him above. I believe he had him above Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And he had Matt, he had Zach Wilson one. I remember that for a fact. Zach Wilson one, Trevor Lawrence two. I think Mac Jones might have been three. And then it was Kellen Mond. And then Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Hold on. Let's see if we can find this. Chris Sims. 2021 QB rankings. Well, it pops up. You don't even need to try and search for it. Quarterback rankings for the 2021 NFL draft. Let's see if we get it. Okay, Trevor Lawrence 2, Mac Jones 3, Kellen Mond 4. Yeah. And Justin Fields 5, Trey Lance 6. These have aged like freaking milk. Let's just put it like that. The two best quarterbacks in this class at this point by far are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who he has number 2 and number 5. But here's what he said about Zach Wilson, who will be starting opposite of Kellen Mond in this game. Which, if you're a starting quarterback and a legit starting quarterback at that in the NFL, you do not want to be playing in the Hall of Fame game. You do not want to be playing in the Hall of Fame. You don't want to be playing the first preseason game at all. But here's what he said about Zach Wilson. Any, I'm, I will never forget him saying this, is that I want to be a GM someday. If you scouted these guys of the 2021 NFL Draft and came away with the fact that Zach Wilson was the number one quarterback in this draft class, you were crazy. I struggled try, trying to decide say he was better than Justin Fields because that was a big thing that everybody was going off there. I thought he was super talented. We watched Zach Wilson play against Colts Carolina live on the show. It was the first game we actually ever sat down and recorded a show while we were watching a game. So I liked Zach Wilson, but number one, never. Never in a hundred years did I think he was going to be number one guy. And then uh, at least in the draft. I'm not saying he wouldn't have been a number one guy in the NFL someday, but in the draft, no. So here's what he said about Zach Wilson. My baseline for Wilson is Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, who is ironically one of the guys who Zach Wilson is sitting behind in New Jersey with the Jets. That's where it starts. It's an unbelievably quick, it's an unbelievably, unbelievably quick release. It's the ability to throw the ball in any which way. He wants sidearm over the top, jumping in the air, two feet off the ground, throwing between a guard and tackle, 25 yards down the middle. The arm strength is phenomenal. He can throw a 40-yard laser into cover two holes. He can throw a 60, 60 to 70-yard bomb post down the middle of the field, and he doesn't need to get his whole body into it. I was blown away. The thing is, though, there's a lot more that goes in the quarterback to that. I think that's very important. Like, I was talking to my friends on Saturday. So I brought up the things we did on Saturday. We were at Brady's place. This is later in the evening. And again, Brady, massive Chiefs fan. Massive Chiefs fan. And I want to talk about it in this with him about this on the show, but... He wasn't able to make it today, and I felt like it would be an appropriate time to talk about this, but today is also Tom Brady's birthday. Tom Brady turned 46 years old. He just bought a share in Birmingham City over in England, so we got a new Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney team over there in Birmingham City. Not really the same thing, but, you know, it's Tom Brady's birthday. But I brought up Patrick Mahomes. He brought up Patrick Mahomes in this. Brady, a Chiefs fan, and it's weird. As somebody that's, and Brady, to his credit, 
is a very level-headed fan in all sports. He likes to get under people's skin at times, but it, more of it's about a joke rather than, like, like he's more he's more pessimistic than I am, I would say, about his sporting teams. And he I would imagine he'd agree with me on that. He'd ima- I'd imagine he'd agree with me on that. But if we're sitting there around the bonfire after the after the UFC fights and stuff like that, and we're sitting there and it's like, we're talking about quarterbacks in the NFL, and there's a chance. I'm not I don't know how soon it will happen. And we brought this up on the show before after he won the Super Bowl against the Eagles. There's a chance Patch Mahomes goes down as the greatest quarterback of all time. He's already the most talented quarterback in my eyes of all time. And the big reason for why Zach Wilson's number one on, Tra- on Chris Sims' list back then is because Patrick Mahomes, in, in one way or another, has changed the way we look at the quarterback position to a certain extent. Because before, you weren't really looking for people to ad-lib like this. His ability to make plays off script is what separates him from everybody else in the current stage of the NFL. His ability to make those sidearm throws. His ability to adjust on the fly. These are huge things in how we are evaluating quarterbacks coming into the NFL. Are you able to do this? And if so, you'll be rated high for a lot of people out there. The thing is, Trevor Lawrence does this exact same thing. (laughs) So it was like, you're really clutching at straws here saying Zach Wilson's better than Trevor Lawrence. If you're basing on what they did in college, there's really not a lot that separates them. Zach Wilson was good. His first year starting at BYU, he was great his last year in a kind of a mismatch schedule, which is nothing BYU could do. They're a non-con they're an independent school. So when teams cancel their non-conference schedules, it kind of screwed BYU in a sense. So they're kind of just playing whoever they could. And they got lucky that Coastal Carolina wanted to play that game. And Zach Wilson played well that year. But Trevor Lawrence was a Heisman finalist that same year. And Trevor Lawrence didn't play the entire season. Trevor Lawrence won a national championship his freshman year of college. Like, and I understand it was at Clemson, and I understand a lot of people look at it like, oh, what can you do with less around you? At Clemson, you're going to have all the tools and gadgets around you that you could ask for. It's easier. I'm not saying it's easy. Well, it is, in ways, easier than playing at BYU, but Trevor Lawrence was it. It was, un- like, I don't, I hate the term, uh, what do you call it? What's the phrase I'm looking for? That's how much I hate it. I never say it. <laughs> uh, not the safest pick. He has... Cause what they, they said the same thing about Quentin Nelson, too. What is it called? I'm, I'm completely blanking. Unbustable's not the phrase. It's not a phrase, but I'm. that's the only way I can think about this. And they missed a field goal. The Browns missed a field goal there. Draw, drive stalled out. Is that Cade York? And now the Jets' offense takes the field, led by the aforementioned Zach Wilson. What is the phrase I'm looking for here? There's a specific phrase I'm looking for, but I guess it's it's not important, I guess, at this point. All in all, Zach Wilson was not the number one quarterback in this class. I can see arguments for number two. Number one, no. And Justin Fields being number five. I mean, come on. We'll get to Justin Fields in a little bit, but let's go to Kellen Mond, who just finished his first drive with the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Now, we know that's not staying put. We know he's not going to be the star. Deshaun Watson's not playing this game, and rightfully so. Because, again, he's the entrenched starting quarterback there. So here's what Simpson, and this is a longer excerpt about Kellen Mond than about Zach Wilson. Why is nobody talking about this guy? He lost one game in the SEC, threw 19 touchdowns and three interceptions. That merits more talk and hype. But forget that. His throwing is special. Wilson's the king of throwing the, of the king of throwing. King of the throwing. Okay, I don't know how that makes sense. <laughs> Jones, 
is extreme. Okay, he messed up. Jones is extremely consistent. He meant to put Mond, but you know, whatever. I do the same thing, so I'm not. I'm not chastising him for that. Kellen Mond is the next guy. Appear as pure throwers, guys who can throw the perfect strikes every time. Wilson, Jones, and Mond are more machines than Trevor Lawrence is at this point. Wilson, Jones, and Mond. Let that simmer for a little bit. We'll let it sit for about five seconds. Wilson, Jones, and Mond are more machines than Trevor Lawrence. And it follows by saying at this point, which even at that point was not true. <laughs> Mond is a really quick release. He keeps the ball up tight. I wish he would relax and loosen up, but that's the way that that's the way they're taught in college at times. Every throw he makes is bullseye. It's a rocket arm. He doesn't need space in the pocket. He can throw with pressure. The only negative is I wish he played with a little bit more of background football. Backyard football, sorry. He's a really good athlete, but I think he's trying to do the right thing in Jimbo Fisher's system and go through the reads. And he's a great decision maker. He can go one, two, one to two to three seamlessly. He makes very little mistakes. When people aren't open, he doesn't compound those mistakes. And when I'm and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not blown away by Jimbo Fisher's offense. No one really is anymore at this point. A&M is constantly one of the top-rated teams in, in college football and consistently underperforms, it feels like, every single year. It's a little predictable. Defense are all over the concepts, and he still throws strikes in there. I wasn't, like, the biggest fan of Kellen Mond coming out of college. I wasn't the biggest fan of him at Texas A&M. I thought he fit everything that Texas A&M was, what I just said. That's what I kind of felt Kellen Mond was at the time. I'm going to see where I had him in those quarterback rankings. We didn't do week-to-week quarterback rankings at that point, if I'm not mistaken. No, we just did mock drafts at this point. We definitely... I, I had Trask above him. I know that. Did I do prospect rankings yet? 2021 prospect rankings. Let's see what we had for quarterbacks. Okay, we had Wilson and Fields 2A, 2B. Because I did like Zach Wilson. I'm not going to lie. I did like Zach Wilson. But again, never over Trevor Lawrence. I had Trey Lance 4, Mac Jones 5. Kyle Trask, 6. Kellen Mond, 7. Davis Mills, 8. Sam Ellinger, 9. And then Jamie Newman. Wow. I completely forgot about Jamie Newman. Good Lord. So for those of you who don't know who Jamie Newman is, Jamie Newman was at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia. The same time, or I guess not the same time, but he was there at the same time JT Daniels was there. Oh, here we got Zach Wilson first pass in the preseason. That's a good ball. That's a good ball. Who was that too? Can't tell. But Jamie Newman transferred to Georgia, never played a snap for Georgia, and just vanished from all eternity. Completely vanished. Completely vanished. I couldn't tell you anything he's done since Georgia. I don't know if he got drafted because he, he was decent at Wake Forest. Again, he never played at Georgia. He never played at Georgia. But his last year at Wake Forest, 26 touchdowns, 11 picks, 2,800 yards. Like, he was a good quarterback at Georgia. He's playing up at the Hamilton High- Tiger Cats right now, which they have a – who's their quarterback? They just signed somebody, didn't they? Bo Levi Mitchell, that's who it was. I saw that pop up. Bo Levi Mitchell, oh, Zach Wilson rolls out to the left, and he trips over his own feet. Nice. But Bo Levi Mitchell was a stud quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders. I used to follow the Canadian Football League to a certain extent. So I know some players here. I know some players in the Canadian Football League. Bo Levi Mitchell is definitely one of them. I just saw that actually the other day that they signed him. And where is... Is he... Oh, he's suspended. What did Jamie Newman get suspended for? What did he get suspended for? He scored his first touchdown. I'm reading his Wikipedia page now. Wow, they just... 
Wow. Newman proved ineffective in his debut. Completed 14 of 25 passes, 175 yards, and an interception. And the Tiger Cats were defeated 28-8 by the Toronto Argonauts, failing, falling to last place in the East Division. Jamie Newman. Wow. Who else was drafted? I know Sam Ellinger was drafted. Who else was who was the last quarterback drafted in that year's draft? Because it wasn't Newman. It wasn't Newman. There was it was ten quarterbacks were drafted, if I'm not mistaken. I think there was one well, obviously there was one at least one more guy. Ian Book. That's who it was from Notre Dame. I completely forgot about Ian Book. I think I had him at eleven. If I'm not I, I didn't have eleven rankings here, but the rankings they ended up being in regards to where they were drafted, was Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Jones, Trask, Mond, Mills, Book, Ellinger. So there's 10 quarterbacks that got drafted that year. There was like 20 that got drafted this year. That's what, that's what it felt like. But about Kyle Trask, about Kyle Trask, I've been seeing a bunch of stuff recently on Twitter and social media and stuff like that about the Buccaneers quarterback battle, which everybody, I, I shouldn't say everybody, most people out there, when Baker Mayfield signed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, kind of just assumed that the quarterback battle was null and void, was just done because Baker Mayfield was there. But then people forget, people forget, Baker Mayfield's not very good. <laughs> I give him credit for how he got to L.A. last year and how he played on short such short notice to get that offense looking decent after Matt Stafford has a spinal contusion. He's just not very good. He's just not very good. That's just the fact of it. It's it's sad. We have former number one overall draft pick that no one, including myself, thought he should be the number one overall draft pick. We had him going number one in one mock draft. You want to know what, what that one mock draft was? That was the very last mock draft about 15 minutes before the draft. Because, or no, about an hour before the draft. Because Daniel Jeremiah said he was going to the Browns. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to Daniel Jeremiah. So guess what? We listened to Daniel Jeremiah, we put out a mock draft, and we said Baker Mayfield go number one overall to the Cleveland Browns, which of course they did. And in hindsight, with Josh Allen and a a former unanimous MVP going after him, it's not a great look. It's not a great look. Now, Denzel Ward's been a very good player for the Browns. Very good player. But it hurts even more when you think about, again, what we talked about earlier, Deshaun Watson, they could have drafted him 12th overall in 2017. They traded back with the Texans, Jabril Peppers and David Njoku, who, for like the 18th year in a row, is finally going to have a breakout year. Like I feel like David Njoku is going to break out every single season. And then, guess in the second round they took? They took another guy named Deshaun, a Deshaun Kaiser. They could have had Deshaun Watson, saved all those first-round draft picks, and he probably would have still got paid. But, man, who knows about the allegations, stuff like that? <laughs> who knows? But goodness gracious, the Browns are a freaking mess. The Browns are a mess. Let's read a Justin Fields' little t- I wish he had one about Kyle Trask. I did like Kyle Trask at Florida. Him and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney were awesome together. They were really fun quarterbacks to watch. Let's hear his thing about Justin Fields, though, who recently, I, I didn't think we'd stay this long in this draft class, but recently has been, like, overwhelmingly so, been dominating the MVP race in regards to amount of bets. Like, he has more bets placed on him, and I could be getting this wrong, more bets placed on him than Mahomes, Allen, Herbert combined, if I'm not mistaken. And that has a lot to do with odds, why people are taking that. I mean, his dual threat ability is very big, and the fact that he could really, the Bears could be one of those teams that go complete 180. Uh, what did they go last year? Three and four? Okay, not complete 180. <laughs> but get to somewhere of consistency. I guess you could say if you turn the Brown or the Bears 
from that walking dumpster fire last year to at least semi-competent team, and you go 3,500, 1,000 with a high completion percentage and decent touchdown-interception ratio, there's there's options that he could be an MVP candidate. I'm not, I don't think he'll win the MVP this year. But I can understand to a, loose, a lesser extent why people are betting on him, but I don't think people should be focused on it. Because I do remember when they did this with Mitch Trubisky, the same thing. We talked about that on the show when that was all taking off. Mitch Trubisky being all, the overwhelming MVP favorite by people putting bets on him, just by how many people put bets on him. I think Baker Mayfield was up there too. Speaking of the guy that might lose his job to Kyle Trask, who I hope wins the job. I like Kyle Trask. I want to see what he can do. I've seen Baker Mayfield play. I've seen it. It's not great. If Kyle Trask doesn't perform well, then guess what? You can throw Baker's ass back in there. But I want to see what Kyle Trask can do from week one. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm begging you. Uh, who's their head coach again? Who's their OC? Because they just fired Byron Leftwich. I'm completely blank- blanking on the Buccaneers coaching staff. But let's get to Justin Fields real quick. The guy who, again, is the betting favorite by amount of bets people placed on him, to win MVP. Justin Fields, Chris Sims on Fields. He has big talent, there's no doubt. It's just very raw at this point. He has room to grow. His running is real. Yeah, very good runner. Better than I thought it was, which I don't know. The dude's an elite runner. We knew that before, before last year, too. He's a real threat, and the athletic ability will help him early in his career as he grows into being a better passer, and it certainly has at this point. He has an incredible, he has a, had an incredibly strong arm, but it can fall apart, and there's and that's what scares me. I know people talk about the Clemson game. I would challenge people to go back and watch it. I know there are some really good throws, but there are a handful of throws in that game where I would expect a high school quarterback to hit them 10 out of 10. Okay, that's insanely harsh. That's ridiculously harsh. I don't think he watched that game. I don't think he watched that game. I believe he's a real one-read thrower. If the first read is not wide open, he's going to run and, or panic, and he does ha- do some bad things. When he does that, can be a little careless with the football. He's not a good short ball thrower. I look at Cardell Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields. I don't know if they're teaching it this way at Ohio State, but the arm can get too floppy. That's scouting the helmet right there. It just doesn't connect all the time. His body is locked, and the arm just flops everywhere. That is an insanely harsh critique on Justin Fields. Insanely harsh critique on Justin Fields. Now, do I think that Justin Fields is underrated in this context yes in real life do I think he's slightly overrated at this point yeah I think he's starting to teeter on that people are acting like he's already that MVP candidate the way I see people talking about him on Twitter like he's a I understand why he's a high value fantasy player but that doesn't always mean that you're the greatest player if that makes sense you're good at scoring points in fantasy I I don't know maybe it does maybe I'm being stupid I don't know but I do, I do like him. Do I think he's a better player than just than Trevor Lawrence at this point? No, not at all. I don't think anybody does. Glenn, big Bears fan. Cole, big Bears fan. Neither one of them had Justin Fields above Trevor Lawrence in their quarterback rankings. Like, the Bears fans in the list didn't have Justin Fields over. And Glenn mentioned Justin Fields. That was a good throw by Kellen Mond. Dropped it. That was a good throw. I want to see DTR. That's what I'm here for. I want to see Dorian Thompson-Robinson play in this game who has got a very good arm. Very good arm. They got Sauce Gardner on the sideline there. But, man, fantasy football's fun. I'm excited for this year's fantasy football. I'm coming, again, I'm coming off a championship. I'm coming off a championship. <laughs> so, I got to look good. I got to look good this year. But, 
on Justin Fields in the top 100, they're they're all the way down to the top 10 now. The NFL top 100 players of the 2023, 2022-23. And they have released a list of the players that will that could be mentioned. They didn't release the 10. They released about uh, 16, 17, 18 players. So you got the obvious people in here. So you got Mahomes, Parsons, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Allen, Tyreek Hill, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, Justin Jefferson, Andrew Thomas, Jor- Jordan Mialiata, Mel- Jordan Mialata, sorry, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Joe Tooney, Stephon Gilmore, Derek Brown, Shaq Leonard, and Panay Sewell. Now, here are some of the players possibly on the list. The rest won't make it at all. Who do you think makes it? So again, these are the last players on the list. So we've got the guaranteed ones. And there's nine guarantees on here. There's nine guarantees. And those are Mahomes, Parsons, Hertz, Burrow, Allen, Tyreek Hill, Nick Bosa, Justin Jefferson, and Travis Kelsey. Now, one by one, we'll be Xing off each person. Panay Sewell, I really like him. I really like him. Do I think he's a top 10 player at this point? No, I don't think he'd be put in the top 10 yet. Shaq Leonard, I think he's a very good linebacker. On his day, one of the best linebackers in football. I don't think he'll be in the top 10. Derek Brown, no, not not in the top 10. I'm not even scaring that one. Stephon Gilmore, in his prime, yes. And maybe he gets back to that this year, but I don't see him in the top 10. Joe Tooney, very good guard. Very good guard. One of the best guards in the NFL. Will he be in the top 10? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Jonathan Taylor, if this was a year ago, yeah, guaranteed. Dude carried the Indianapolis Colts. He carried my fantasy football team as well. But not last year. Not last year. Jordan Melata, good tackle. Good tackle. Not in the top 100, or top 10. Which I guess also top 100. Andrew Thomas, again, good tackle. Good tackle. Started to come in his own. Is now one of the best left tackles in the NFL. But I don't think he's top 10. And then Chris Jones, who actually <laughs> just posted something on his Instagram story. And it said, uh, it was a Kevin Gates song, Walls Talking. And said, guess all good thing must come to an end. Because he's looking for a contract. I don't see nobody talking about Chris Jones' locker room cancer. I don't see nobody talking about Chris Jones doesn't like football. No one's talking about that. No one's talking about that, but we hear it every single freaking day with Stephon Diggs, whether it's true or not. We're seeing it. Stephon Diggs was ranked 16th in the NFL Top 100 players, for those of you who her, who were concerned. And I don't know why they're posting them now. Like, we saw these last night. The Top 20 players. Aaron Donald's number 11, Trent Williams 14, Josh Jacobs 12. This is the order they got him in on Twitter, so I, I apologize for it being really out of order. Devontae Adams 13, Diggs 16, Fred Warner 15. So yeah, is Shaq Leonard better than Fred Warner? No, so he's not going to be in the top 10. That is symbol, symbol geometry there. <laughs> Thomas Maylotta, neither one of them are better than Trent Williams. I like both of them. I like both of them. I don't think they'll both be above them. So again, there's nine guarantees. I think the final spot is between Chris Jones and Joe Tooney. Two Super Bowl Bowl champions here. Where did Chris Jones finish with sacks last year? Was he up there in the league again? I could be just... Okay, it's Chris Jones. It's Chris Jones. He was fourth in the league at sacks last year. 15 15 and a half sacks. So it's Chris Jones. So yeah, there's your top 10. In no particular order, Mahomes, Parsons, Hurts, Burrow, Allen, Tyreek Hill, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey. That's your top 10. I would be shocked if it was any different. Mahomes will be number one. That's relatively obvious at this point. Justin Jefferson, number two, I think that should be how that goes there, too. The rest of it, you can put in whatever order you want. 
You can put whatever order you want, but that's your top ten. I would be shocked if any player that I didn't mention is in the top isn't in the top ten at this point. Chris Jones would be the only one. But Mahomes, Parsons, Hertzboro, Allen Hill, Bosa, Jefferson, and Kelsey, guaranteed. In my eyes, guaranteed. I could be very wrong about that. But they're going to announce that list, I think, tomorrow during the Hall of Fame ceremony, which, again, congratulations to all the finalists. We got Zach Wilson dropping back to pass. He's throwing it down the left sideline. He has a receiver in stride, and he hits him. Oh, what a throw by Zach Wilson. What a throw by Zach Wilson to Taylor down the left sideline, streaking down the left sideline, beat his defender. Wilson put it in the freaking bread basket there while they're interviewing Rondé Barber, so they don't even have any time to get hyped up about this. At least I can tell. Maybe the broadcasters interrupted them like they do in 2K with David Aldridge talking. There's like, hey, uh, thanks, David. Go screw yourself. Oh, we're going to talk about the game. I want to say something different, but this is a PG show. This is a PG-13 show. Gosh darn it. Jets hurry up to the line. Zach Wilson under center. I imagine he motions the tight end across the formation. He does. Goes back under center. Probably hands it off to the left. Or pitch, sorry. It was kind of one of those weird... It, it was a toss, but it was straight backwards, so it wasn't like... I don't know, LSU used to do that back in the day when Les Miles was there. I, it's a weird a weird thing. Now they're showing Rondé Barber pick-sixing Donovan McNabb in the NFC Championship game before they went on to win the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders. Goodness gracious, fun stuff. But there's a lot of players that are in the Hall of Fame now. That Rondé Barber's not one of them. Rondé Barber's not one of them. But there's a few players that are going in, like Darrell Revis. That I played for multiple teams. That I played for multiple teams. So I thought it'd be fun. I've never actually done this on the show before. So we've done like footy tic-tac-toe before. But I thought it'd be fun today to do an immaculate grid. Do you know, for those of you who are unaware of what an immaculate grid is, it's immaculategrid.com. And it's pro football reference. So you got pro football reference, you got hockey reference, you got basketball reference, you got baseball reference. And you go through the grid and you gotta say a player that is aligned with these things. So we got the Vegas Raiders, the Detroit Lions. So what player lines up in that? Get it? So you got on the top row, you got the Raiders, Bengals, and first team all pro. On the side, you got the Lions, Jaguars, and Cardinals. Now, here's the thing. This is what I try to do. So I do these every day. And I thought it'd be fun to do on the show because of the Hall of Fame and all, like, all these different players coming out. Like Kellen Mond's played for multiple teams. Rodgers played for multiple teams. So you got players from multiple backgrounds playing together. And if you're a Hall of Famer, more often than not, you're a first-team All-Pro. So I thought it'd be fun to do this one. We might do the baseball and basketball reference. Basketball reference, I do pretty good at, surprisingly. I watched a lot of basketball when I was a kid. Watched a lot of basketball when I was a kid. But football, this is what the show's mostly based on. As Zach Wilson's in the shotgun, we got three wide to the right. We got two to the left. Third and ten. Two minutes left in the first quarter. Zach Wilson drops back to pass. Good pocket for him. Steps up, fires it, overthrows his intended receiver, and the Jets... We'll be on fourth down. I don't know if they're in field goal range. I guess I didn't see where exactly they were on the field. Rodgers got the headset on with the hat. Those sideline hats, speaking of that, shitty. Shitty sideline hats this year. I don't know if you've seen them, but go to NFL.com. Look up your favorite team's sideline hat this year. They are god-awful. But let's get into some uh, immaculate grid. I haven't looked at this today. I have not looked at this today. And once it's done, it's done. You can't do it anymore. There's some other websites that I've seen that you can like restart and try to get a lesser score. Okay, we got Greg Zerline, 54-yard attempt. Let's hold off here. He missed his first one. Greg Zerline drills his second one. Okay, so it's 3-0 Jets. Congratulations to the New York Jets. 
getting the first points of the 2023 NFL season. Thomas Morstead is still in the NFL. I did not know that. He's the punter for the Jets. Good Lord. Let's take a sip of water before this. So again, pretty simple self-explanatory rules here. So Raiders, do we want to go row by row? Or do we want to go like just scatter scatterboard here? Scattergun approach. Because the thing here is, you want to try, at least for me, you want to try and get the lowest score possible. So there's like obvious ones that stand out right away. Like John Kitna is right away Lions-Bengals. Right away Lions-Bengals. But you're trying to think of something that's a little bit, you know, less. And maybe that's not an obvious one. Maybe that's not really an obvious one to kick it off. But that's one that popped in my head right away. This one could be kind of hard. First team all pro for the Lions. There's been like two ever. And it's Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. Who else would they have had that's been first team all pro? Zeke Ansa? Did he make first team at all, all pro at any point? I have no idea. And I'll look up like if they've made things. So I don't want to throw out a guess and just completely miss it because that will be a very short segment. So we're going to try and do this. Zeke Ansa made second team all pro. So, okay. Not ideal. Not ideal. So we can't. The only two I could think of are Calvin Johnson. Did Dante Culpepper make? Because this is, I'm imagining, because sometimes they're extremely strict on these things. And sometimes they're not. So I don't know if they're being strict on this where they had to be first team all pro on the Lions. Because that could make this thing incredibly difficult. Like if Gronk ended up getting traded to the Lions. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. There'd be a guaranteed one right there. But who did Billy Sims? I don't know if Billy Sims would be guest here. Bobby Lane? Dude, that could be the one right there. Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane had to. Bobby Lane had to make first team on pro, right? He did. There's no way anybody's going to guess Bobby Lane on here. There's no way. 0.4%. And for those of you who wonder how I know who Bobby Lane is, Bobby Lane is the reason the Lions have sucked all these years. He put a curse on the Lions. He got traded from the Lions to the Steelers. And he put a curse on the Lions. The Lions will not win a playoff game in 50 years. And ironically, that year, the end of the curse or whatever, they went 0-16. Watch some NFL films now and again. That's what that's what I learned from NFL films. Bobby Lane, nice. Okay, Jaguars. Jaguars have had some pretty decent players. They were really good when they started their career, when they first started. Like Mark Brunel was a very good quarterback for them. Fred Taylor, very good player. Who else would have been on? Who are the receivers? Jimmy Smith? Keenan McCardell. Um, who are some defenders that they had? Did Reggie... What was the safety? Reggie... Um, crap, I can't remember the safety's name. He had dreadlocks. He was number 20. Obviously, I got Jalen Ramsey. A.J. Bouye might be a first-team all-pro pick. Uh, was he? Was A.J. Bouye first-team all-pro? He might have been. Miles Jack, was he first-team all-pro? You got Tony Baselli. He was first-team All-Pro. A little bit older player. Didn't play very long, so that might be my pick there. It might just be Tony Baselli. Have they had any other quarterbacks that have been first-team All-Pros? Not played for them. Or not played, been first-team All-Pros where they played with them? Because I know Mark Brunel didn't. He's the best quarterback in that team's history. Trevor Lawrence hasn't yet. Bortles didn't. Blaine Gabbert didn't. Chad Henney didn't. <laughs> <laughs> David Garrard didn't. Byron Leftwich didn't. Maurice Jones drew. No, he'd be a he'd be a popular one. I might just go with Tony Baselli. I feel like Tony Baselli might. That's an interesting one because he might be the greatest ever player for the Jaguars. But he's an off the lineman, and again, didn't play very long. Didn't play very long. I drafted ninety five. Retired in 02. So like he Hall of Famer, 
Hall of Fame. We're going to do Tony Baselli. We are going to do Tony Baselli. I just... 21% crap. That's not what I wanted. I'm going to be pissed now that I see, like... I don't know. We named a bunch of other players, too. What was the safety's name? Was it Reggie Mathis? That's what my gut's telling me. Reggie, Reggie, um... It's not Reggie Jackson, obviously. Was it Reggie Mathis? No, it wasn't Reggie Mathis. What was this safety's name? Dude got absolutely crunched. Jaguars. Reggie Williams? Is that who it was? No, not Reggie Williams. I know who Reggie Williams is. Reggie Jaguars safety. I could be getting his first name all wrong together. Like Reggie Nelson. There we go. Reggie Nelson. He was a second-team All-Pro. Was not a first-team All-Pro. Okay. But yeah, I remember Reggie Nelson. Reggie Nelson was a good player. But I couldn't, obviously couldn't think. I didn't remember him that much. But <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. I mentioned a lot of players there for the Jaguars. Cardinals. Larry Wilson. That There's no way anybody put Larry Wilson down, right? Another old player. Another old player. Like, old, old player. But he's probably the greatest player ever to play for the Cardinals, too. Like, Larry Fitzgerald's in there. Who else would have been there for the Cardinals? Did uh, who was the number nine? I can't remember number ninety for the Cardinals when they were in the Super Bowl. Anquan Bolden, he made first team All Pro. Kurt Warner made first team All Pro, but not with the Cardinals. Aeneas Williams would be in there. Antrell Roll. What other players do they have? I'm gonna go with Larry Wilson. Right, it'd be Larry Wilson. There's no way anybody goes because that was the first person that popped in my head, which is a scary thing. Point six. Okay, we're back on solid ground here. So we have a combined 22% right now. That Tony Baselli one's freaking screwing us. I'm going to be pissed off when I see like he's the most selected guy. Bengals, Cardinals. Bengals, Cardinals. Josh McCown's usually a safe bet for these types of things. Well, we know Reggie Nelson played for the Jaguars and Bengals. No one's going to put Reggie Nelson, right? Reggie Nelson wouldn't be a very popular pick. There's no way. No way Reggie Nelson would be, like, the number one guy here. 10%. I will take 10%. I will definitely take 10%. Lions, Bengals, John Kitna is the only one that I'm really thinking of. Did Scott Mitchell play for the Bengals at all? There'd be no way anybody but Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell was ass. Not like real. It's funny. I was talking to my dad about this last night. He did play for the Bengals. No way anybody put Scott Mitchell. Like, I was watching a Messi into Miami play Orlando City last night with my dad. And I was like, DeAndre Yedlin just pissed me off. But there are worse players on the. Oh, we got Greg Zerline kicking another field goal. Made this one too. I didn't even realize the Browns fumbled. I guess I wasn't paying attention. I did say someone got crunched. I didn't realize who it was. But Scott Mitchell, 4%. John Kitna, I'm sure, is the highest percentage there. But DeAndre Yedlin, there are worse players on that field last night than DeAndre Yedlin. But DeAndre Yedlin being a U.S. international, like there are worse quarterbacks in NFL history than Scott Mitchell. There were people that were backups to Scott Mitchell. So there are quarterbacks technically worse than him. But Scott Mitchell, you could still say, wasn't very good. To what he was paid, I guess you should say that. For what he was paid at the time, nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. Now, Cardinals, Bengals. Cardinals and Bengals. Did, like, Charles Clay play for the Cardinals? Or play for the Bengals? I know he played for the Cardinals. He played for the Bills. Went down to the Dolphins. Charles Clay might be a good one. Did he, like... 
running backs play there. Cedric Benson, I don't think did. Corey Dillon, I don't think did. Anthony Munoz, did he play down in Arizona? I don't think. I think he played his entire career in Cincy. Who else would have been in Cincinnati and Arizona? It's not really like, you don't really think about doing that move. It's not a really fun move. Anquan, I don't think, played for the Bengals. There were a lot of receivers around that time that went to the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, T.O. went there. Obviously, you had Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. T.J. Hushmanzada was there. Carson Palmer is going to be the main one. Carson Palmer is going to be the main one there. Colt McCoy didn't play for the Bengals. He played for the Browns. Who would have been Browns, Bengals, Cardinals? Bengals, Cardinals. Did John Kitna play for the Cardinals? Did Josh McCown play for the Bengals? Josh McCown, again, has played for every team in the NFL, it feels like. I know John Kitna played for the Seahawks, the Lions, the Cowboys. Did he play for the Cardinals? He did not. Barcelona Dragons, though. Nice. Love it. I might I might skip that one. Raiders, Lions. Raiders, Lions. That one feels like a normal move, doesn't it? Raiders, Lions. Joey Harrington. I really Joey Harrington might have, right? Joey Harrington might have. He was a bad player, so he might have gone down and played for the Raiders. They were taking anybody at that time with, with semi-hype. I know he played for the Saints. He did not play for the Raiders. Vegas Raiders and Jaguars. Raiders and Jaguars. Reggie Nelson would have worked there, too. He played for the Raiders. Maurice Jones-Drew might be the number one pick there. He might be the number one pick there. Raiders, Cardinals. Raiders, Cardinals, Raiders, Jags, Raiders, Lions. Raiders, Cardinals, again, Carson Palmer will probably be the main one there. I would imagine anyways. Who are some, like, really old players that would have could have possibly... Because the Cardinals are the oldest team in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So they've got a lot of freaking players that have played for them. Every player we have picked right now has been less than 10%, apart from freaking Tony Baselli. Which, again... He's probably the greatest player in Jaguars history, but again, short career off to Lyman. Didn't think a lot of people that are playing this would have guessed him. I should have put like, I don't even know if like Jimmy Smith or Keenan McCardell got first team all pros, but I, they would have probably been lower than Tony Maselli. Cardinals, Bengals, Cardinals, Bengals. What quarterbacks would have been done? Jake Plummer didn't play for the Bengals. Jake Plummer, I think, only played for the Broncos and Cardinals. Jake Cutler didn't play for either team. <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck with Cardinals players or Broncos players. Kevin Cobb. JP Lossman. is <laughs> always the answer to everything. I might just have to throw in the like obvious players here, which sucks. Like Maurice Jones Drew, Carson Palmer. There's got to be other players, though. Martin Grammatica? Automatica? Grammatica? Beanie Wells? He went to Ohio State. Maybe he played for Cincinnati for like a year. He might have. I know he played in Arizona. He only played in Arizona. Wow, okay. Rashad Mendenhall? Edron James? He played in Seattle, but not... had some trash quarterbacks go through both those teams. Bengals, Cardinals. I'm stuck. I'm really stuck. I, Carson Palmer's obviously there, but Chandler Jones is there. So I have I have three players already locked in. 
but I know they're going to be the number one players. That's Palmer, that's Chandler Jones, that's Maurice Jones-Drew. I know those guys are going to be the top guys here. Did Martellus Bennett, I know he played for the Packers. Did he play for the Raiders? And the, not, not Martellus Bennett. Who am I thinking of? It's not Martellus Bennett. Um, he plays for the Packers now. Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. Has he only played for... Has he only played for the Packers and Jaguars? Or is he only... Those are the only two teams he played for. Oh, if he got a first-team All-Pro, I would have been pissed. I would have been freaking pissed, man. Did Rich Gannon play for... Rich Gannon might have played for the Cardinals. Now I'm thinking about it. I think Rich Gannon might have played for the Cardinals. I think he might have. I think he did not. Shit. Raiders, Lions. Do I just bite the bullet and do, like, the most obvious players? Because I'm, like, my brain's stuck right now. My brain is completely stuck, and I hate that this is happening. Cardinals, Bengals, Cardinals, Jags, Cardinals, Raiders, Cardinals, Lions. Wait, why? That's not what it is at all. Dante Culpepper. I know he played for the Lions. I don't think he played for the Raiders. Wow. This sucks. I'm just going to I'm gonna bite the bullet. We're going to do Palmer. I know he's going to be number one. He's going to be like 45%. 49%. God. Okay, Chandler Jones. He's going to be like 40, 51%. God, 44%. Maurice Jones-Drew. percent Crap. Ah, this sucks. I hate doing this, but I, I, I'm wasting too much time as it is. Why, who are some players that play for the Lions and Raiders? Darius Hayward Bay. You <laughs> can see him playing for both teams. Bo Scarborough, did he play for both teams? I know he played for the Lions. Kenyon Drake. Darren McFadden played for the Cowboys and Raiders. Jason Campbell, did he play for the Lions? No. Kitna didn't play for the Raiders. <sighs> okay, I got one guess left. Do I just throw out a random ass player here? So I, I'm stuck. I I can't I can't do anything. I get Bo Jackson didn't play for the Raiders or play for the Lions. Obviously, play for the Raiders. I'm stuck. I'm freaking stuck. I I don't know anybody that played for the Lions and Raiders off the top of my head right now. D um, Fred Blitnikoff. I don't know. That's who we're gonna guess. It's not right at all. And I look. Oh, Zay Jones is the number one option. Amir Abdullah, I completely forgot that dude existed. Carson Palmer and Chandler Jones were number one options for Bengals, Cardinals. Tyler Eifert, Jaguars, Bengals, Marvin Jones, Bengals, Lions. Calvin Johnson, Jalen Ramsey, and Larry Fitzgerald, first team all pros. Yeah, not surprised by that. But, man, I was hoping Tony Baselli would be a little lower than that. We're going to speed run the NBA one. We're going to speed run that one real quick. We're going to do a timer. I'll do five minutes. Five minutes on this one. Oh, not a timer. We'll do a stopwatch. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, we're going to go fast. Ron Harper, Clippers, Cavs. Clippers, Cavs. Ron Harper. Yes. 7%. Sick. Cavaliers, T-Wolves. Mo Williams. Did Mo Williams play for the Timberwolves? I think he did. 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 Right? Yeah, Mo Williams. Spell his name right. It's a hard name to spell. 3%. Sick. All-NBA, Cavaliers, uh, Brad Darty. Brad Darty had to be, right? Right? Brad Darty had to be all NBA. 
had to be all in the third team all NBA. I don't know if that needs to be first team all NBA or not. Orlando Magic Timberwolves. Did Sam Cassell play for the Timberwolves? Did he play or play for the Magic? Sorry, I know he played for the Timberwolves. Did he play for the Magic? Did he play for the Magic? He did not. Crap. Um Clippers Magic. Not a very lateral move here. Clippers Magic. Okay, we're at a minute now. Hawks Clippers. Hawks Clippers. Mo Williams. Did he play for he played for the Hawks, right? <laughs> I'm the I'm trying to go as fast, but Timberwolves, Hawks. Timberwolves, Hawks. Uh, uh, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. Can I think of another one off the top of my head really quick? Jeff Teague is the main one. Hawks, Timberwolves. Hawks, Timberwolves. Did Sam Cassell play for the Hawks? He did not. Did he play for the Timberwolves? Well, I know that. I said that already. Did he play for the Magic? No, I already said that too. Uh, we're going to go Jeff Teague. Just to... Did did Kyle did Damari Carroll play for the play for the Timberwolves? I know he played for the Hawks. Did he play for the Timberwolves? He played for a lot of freaking teams. Did he play for the Timberwolves? Be pretty cool if he did, and he did not. Did he play for the Clippers? Of course he did not. So it looks like we're doing Jeff Teague, and we're gonna get like sixty percent, fifty-four freaking percent. Good lord. Um, two minutes down. Uh, Timberwolves Magic. Timberwolves magic. Timberwolves magic. Timberwolves magic. Uh, crap. Anthony Tolliver. <laughs> Did he play for them? Hawks, Clippers. We're just, Mo Williams. Mo Williams played for the Hawks. Or, or played for the Clippers. Or, uh, yeah, he played for the... Not Mo Williams. Not Mo Williams. Lou Williams. Did Marvin Williams play for the Hawks? Or Marvin Williams play for the Clippers? Marvin Williams would be a better option, right? No one would guess Marvin Williams. No one would guess Marvin. You didn't even play for them. Nice. Okay, we're doing Lou Williams. It's going to be like 60% again. But we're not going for close percentages now. We're going within the five-minute mark. 33%. That was a lot lower than I thought. Clippers Magic. Clippers and Magic. Who the hell plays for the Clippers and Magic? We are 246 right now. All-NBA Magic. I mean, we could go Shaq. Let's try to find somebody different. Timmy, T Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady. Nice. 11%. Uh, Hawks. All-NBA. Uh, Dominique Wilkins is an obvious one. Dikemi Mutombo is, I think, might be an obvious one. Did Joe Johnson make All-NBA? Did he make first-team All-NBA? Because he could be a solid one here. Third-team All-NBA. Shit. Dikembe. Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe. We're at 317 right now. He never made first-team. Nice. Okay. Mike Bibby. Did he make first-team? Josh Smith. Did he make first-team All-NBA? He could have worked for the Clippers one, too. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He made second team. Shit. I want to go obvious but not obvious. It's like LeBron James would obviously be All-NBA. Kyrie Irving, obvious All-NBA. Did Mark Price make All-NBA? I highly doubt it, but let's check. Might as well check, right? Did Mark Price make All-NBA? If he did, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. He made All-NBA. Oh, my God. I did not know he made first team All-NBA ever. 12%. Wow, Hawks, <laughs> Hawks, uh, uh, Pistol Pete, Pete Maravich. There's no way he didn't make first team All NBA. Two percent, nice. Okay, we've got four minutes and ten seconds off the time. We got fifty seconds left. T Wolves Magic. Did Anthony Tolliver? That's the one that's gonna be pissed me off. Is Anthony Tolliver play for the Magic? I know he played for the Timberwolves. Did he play for the Magic? He played for a shit ton of teams. Did he play for the Magic? Of course he freaking didn't. Of course he didn't. Did he play for the Clippers? It doesn't matter because he didn't play for the Magic. Clippers Magic. 30 seconds left. 
30 seconds left. Clippers Magic. Wow, Wesley Johnson, right? No, Wesley Johnson didn't play for the Magic. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. He played for the Timberwolves, though. He didn't play for the Magic. Crap, 10 seconds. (laughs) I'm giving myself an extra 30 seconds. Uh, Official rule. Official rule. Magic Timberwolves. Grant Hill, did he play there? I don't think so. Um, (laughs) did, uh... Uh, Magic Timberwolves. Again, 30 seconds more. Um, Derrick Rose did not. KG did not. Shaq did not. Alonzo Mourning, I don't think, did. Magic Clippers. Magic Clippers. Who the hell's played for the Magic and Clippers? Who plays for these teams? No one willingly plays for either one of these teams. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. He played for the Magic and Clippers. 4%. Nice. Nice, we're going to six minutes. We got 30 more seconds. <laughs> Magic Timberwolves. Who played for the Magic Timberwolves? Oh, God, what point guards played for the Magic at that time? Did Jameer Nelson play for the Timberwolves? No, Ray for Alston. He played for a bunch of teams. Did he play for the Timberwolves? Ray for Alston. Did you play for the Timberwolves? Of course you didn't. <laughs> Rashad Lewis. Okay, I'm done. That's six minutes. Right there. Six minutes on the dot. Okay. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Like, even, like, sprinting through it like that. I mean, we didn't get the obvious one all the time. The only one that we really... Like, Jeff Teague was an obvious one, but Mo Williams was only 33%. Everybody else was under 11%. It was just those two. Magic Timberwolves. In a serious note, who played for the Magic Timberwolves? Did Tony Batie play for them? Kevin Love didn't. Who all played... Did, like, Johnny Flynn... Johnny Flynn might have. I'm not too concerned about this one anymore. Magic Timberwolves. Kelamon's locking it up, and he threw a pick. I mean, if it was a bullet, it would have killed the defender. Like, <laughs> right through him. Right to him. Right to him, right through him. I don't know. Who would have played for the Magic Timberwolves? Like, just a random-ass player. Jimmy Butler didn't. Victor Oladipo didn't. I'm just going to take a guess. Let's go. I don't know. Um, JJ Redick. I don't know. It's it's not right, but let's just put Redick down. Who's the number one pick? Tory Hudson? Yeah, I wasn't getting that in a million years. Million years. Mel Williams was the leading one for Cavs, Clippers. Kevin Love was Cavs, Timberwolves, LeBron James, All-NBA, obviously. Magic... Dwight Howard, All NBA. Troy Hudson, Tory, Troy Hudson for Timberwolves. JJ Redick for Clippers. Hawks wrote Lou Williams, Jeff Teague for the first two, and then Dominique Wilkins next. Pete Maravich though. Pete Maravich only at two percent. Mark Price. That one threw me off. I did not know Mark Price made All NBA. He made it over Brad Doherty. I thought Brad Doherty would have definitely done that over <laughs> over Mark Price. But man, hey, congratulations to Mark Price on making first team All NBA. I respect it. I respect it. Oh, my goodness. I think that's all we can have for today. That's enough. That's enough rambunctious activity for today's show. But real quick, before we wrap up today's show, let's go over some of the the recent stuff that's happened in college football. Why Colorado moved to the Big 12 and how the shift affects the Pac-12. I clicked on this article earlier because how the Big 12 landed Colorado shook up college football. What shook up college football is freaking USC going to the Big – or Texas going to the SEC. Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC. That's what started this all. And then what broke apart the bit, the Pac-12 was USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. So now, 
We've got Colorado going to the big, the big 12. I saw something earlier today about Arizona State and Arizona going to the Big 12. I thought I took a screenshot of it. I Where is it at? Where is this screenshot? Hold on. Do I not have it anymore? I don't think I have it anymore. But yeah, it's 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 whatever at this point. I did see though there was a guy on Twitter where all great ideas come on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I thought this was pretty clever. His name was Robbie Scharf. He said, uh, I got a new idea for college brackets. Have a whole Pac-12, have the whole Pac-12 merge with the Big Ten. One division called the Pac-12, one called the Big Ten. Winner of the Pac-12 plays the winner of the Big Ten. Have the game, a conference championship game in Pasadena. Have it at the Rose Bowl. Call it the Rose Bowl. Novel concept I just thought of. That's a great concept. <laughs> That's an A1. I was choked right there. That's an A1 concept right there. Because for those of you who aren't aware, that's what it was. <laughs> they would the Pac-12 and the Big 12, the winner or Pac-12 and the Big 10, the winner of each conference, if they weren't playing for a natty, were meeting each other in the Rose Bowl every year. Every year. That's what just what it was. And that was nice. That's what you liked. So I appreciate that homeboy there came up with that brilliant idea, and hopefully college football will be smart enough to do that again. So yeah. Tonight, Arizona and Arizona State will receive authorization to apply for Big 12 membership. Tomorrow, they will be voted in. Now, we wait for number 16. The odds on favor is Utah, followed by UConn and Oregon, but Oregon has already said they wanted to go to the Big 10, along with Washington, Florida State, and Clemson. So, college football is just a mess right now. It's just an absolute mess. The Pac-12 is becoming nothing, absolutely nothing. I feel bad for the schools that are just sitting on their hands doing absolutely not, like, nada. Absolutely nada. Like Cal and Stanford. Has anybody checked in on Cal and Stanford? I haven't heard a peep from either Cal and Stanford this entire offseason process with everybody moving conferences. Now, we talk about odds. Like, if you're talking about which teams are going to move to which conference and betting odds for that, Hunter Deckers is your guy for that stuff. And also, Bloom for Iowa, those are your guys for betting. If you want bets placed, talk to those two guys. Because those two, now I think Bloom was already off the team, but Hunter Deckers, I understand that, and I've defended like sports athletes betting before. Like we talked about Ivan Tony when he bet on for Brentford, he got suspended for an entire year essentially. Not when he, not officially like for the season. It's just half a season. He's suspended until January, and with all those betting sponsorships everywhere, I feel like it's a little harsh for that. If you're just broadcasting it everywhere and then just splaying it everywhere than punishing a player like Calvin Ridley. You're at the draft and all you got for the NFL draft in Vegas is all these different gambling sponsorships and all these betting chips and all these playing cards and stuff like that. And you're going to suspend a guy for the entire season for betting on an NFL sponsored app. That's a little bit of an issue. It's different when not only are you betting, <laughs> you're underage betting and having your mom bet for you, which is technically illegal. And as far as I can tell, punishable by two years in prison that's a little different than just placing a bet on a game and there was something he there's a video going around of uh he was trying to riz up these girls at this bar talking the the child the kids lingo there and <laughs> he's like i'll bet you 500 dollars on week two against iowa and the girl goes oh you're gonna bet you're saying you're gonna beat us and he's like yeah 500 dollars. but hey uh, don't tell anybody because this is don't post this because it's technically illegal and guess what guess how we saw it it was posted. We all saw it. Pretty hilarious stuff there. He's trying to riz up a girl and it ended up backfiring and now used as evidence proof 
and why he's a gambling addict. But all college kids, like I say, all oh, I never put bets on anything in college. I didn't. I've always, I'm just afraid of losing money. I place like I I wouldn't place bets myself. I never had a sports book app or anything. I've never had DraftKings, FanDuel, and any of those MGM and all those stuff. But I've helped friends bet. But it's all been their money. I'm not running an account for them, so I'm not guilty of two years punishable in prison. I've never done that before. <laughs> but reviewing the documents in the complaint against Iowa State's Hunter Deckers, among the allegations, underage gambling, breach of university and NCAA policies, i.e. using identity, identity of another, which is his mom, unfair wagering and conflict of interest, i.e. betting on Iowa State sporting events 26 times, one on football. Which, hey, if you bet on that Iowa game, fair play to him. I saw the Iowa kicker bet on Iowa State to bet the under. That's just smart. That's smart. No one was betting the over in that game. Wagers routinely play, routinely and consistently placed by Deckers on personal iPhone. 366. Now get this. 297 well underage sports wagers totaling more than $2,799. Tax implications. Knowingly and intentionally falsifying electronic sports wagering records with intent to deceive, like this dude, I was at, I, I don't remember where they were talking about, it was on the radio, but who's the bigger idiot between Blom and Deckers? Oh, it's Deckers easily. It's Deckers easily. He wasn't very good, and I would say most Iowa State fans are perfectly content with him not being on the roster this year because he's not very good. But you're the starting quarterback of a Big 12 team. Power 5 conference is only going to get bigger because they're absorbing all the waste that's around it. Like, you're in the national spotlight. This isn't Iowa State of old. I understand they had a bad year last year. But this isn't the Iowa State of old where they were going 2-10, and 3-9 and nine every single year. Like, people are looking at Iowa State, and there's usually guaranteed one upset in their season. Now, that was like that back in the day, too, but now they're actually winning other games to make those upsets look a little bit, like, less insane. Like, when they would beat Iowa and they'd win three games the entire year. Like, that was insane. I think they won four or five last year, but a lot of those games were in one-score games. Like... Dude is stupid. And who knows who their starting quarterback's going to be? It's between Becht and the, and the, I said rookie, the true freshman from Ankeny, J.J. Cole. Obviously, I think most fans would want to see J.J. Cole just because they get the freshman in there. But I highly doubt he's going to do that to a freshman when I say, oh, Dewan Jones. I forgot he was on the Browns. Big dude. Freaking monster dude playing for the Buckeyes. And uh, back to college football, though. Like, I highly doubt Matt Campbell would put the freshman in when your first two weeks are against you and I in Iowa. Like, Iowa State is a bigger program than you and I. That's not even a discussion. I went to you and I. I obviously have some love for you and I. Support. I went to a lot of sporting events at you and I. Tried. I went to every football game while I was there. Went to almost every basketball game while I was there. And I follow the team now. And I've said this before. We went on Colin Company, said this. I've said this on here. I think you and I beats Iowa State. And even now, more than ever, since Hunter Deckers is out. Maybe that's a better thing for Iowa State that Deckers is out. Maybe Becht or Cole are better than Hunter Deckers, but who knows? You and I is a tough outing for Iowa State. They always have been. Always have been. And you and I, usually a very strong defensive team. We already know Iowa, insane defensive team. We one of the best cornerbacks in college football in Cooper DeGene. Iowa's not going to be worse than what they were last year. One would hope, anyways, with Cade McNamara on offense. The defense will hold its own. It's the offense if they can carry their weight. But... Against Iowa, and you and I understand they're both at home, for a freshman to start those games, it'd be tough. I can see him playing in those games. I don't think he'll start in those games. But Hunter Deckers, it's not a great look for him. 
And his attorney is not really helping him out any. His attorney's kind of just putting his foot in his mouth with this whole statement. I got to go find, I took a screenshot of part of the statement. I got to find the full statement though. Because it's really like, dude, you're not helping him at all. If anything, you're hurting him. Like, let's stop, <laughs> let's stop talking here. Let's stop talking. He, the funniest part about this is, as I'm searching for it, the funniest part about this whole statement thing is that he used the super cool way of saying someone's innocent by saying, everybody else is doing it. It's not just me. Everybody else is doing it. Don't say that. Now, Aaron Bloom, uh, Oski guy, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he was very stupid as well. I'm not, but like eight bets on Iowa sporting events, including Iowa State under, which again, fair enough. Uh, Iowa won 27-17. Bloom did not play. Under closed at 45. And the under here was 44. So he came out big winner there. Disguised ID with mom's info via DraftKings. $4,400 wagered in total. Underage gambling, unfair wagering, conflict of interest, etc. No comment from Iowa yet. I don't know if I've seen... Oh, no. Uh, um, Jamie Pollard said something about Iowa State. But we'll, I don't know the exact things that he said. I haven't seen anything. I've seen screenshots of him talking about it, but I haven't actually seen what he said or heard what he said about it. What is this one? Call thought. Where is it? his lawyer's statement? There's his follow-up statement, which kind of like tried to backtrack a little bit because his first statement was stupid. Okay. Statement on behalf of Hunter Deckers from the Weinhurt Law Firm. Quote, Hunter Deckers denies criminal charge brought against him, as most would. He will plead not guilty to the charge because he is, in fact, not guilty of that charge. This charge attempts to criminalize the daily fact of American life. Millions of people share online accounts of all kinds every day. Proof that my client is innocent right there. <laughs> Everybody else is doing it. That always, got, that always went over well with parents back in the day. This prosecution interferes and politicizes what the is the business of Iowa State University and the NCAA. The investigation at the Iowa universities is the tip of the iceberg. Thousands and thousands of college athletes place bets, usually very small ones, not 299 of them underage, with shared accounts. That is for the schools and NCAA to police. And then we hit the, we tug in the heartstrings here. It's one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard. Like, no one, if anything, tugging at the heartstrings by going to hometown, that would cause me to like, okay, you know what, screw this guy. I'm putting the maximum sentence on this. 15 years in prison <laughs> from boyhood, which I've, that alone is frustrating. I've never heard anybody say boyhood. It's childhood. Freaking weirdo. Hunter Deckers has been the model student athlete with the, with the first emphasis on student. He grew up in a close knit farm family in Harwood and Iowa, tiny Harwood and Iowa on the state's Northwest border. In case you dummies didn't know where Harwood and Iowa was playing football. Iowa state has been a dream come true. Emphasis on student. This investigation has gone on since May. When the DCI agents executed a search warrant of Hunter's family, Hunter's apartment in Ames, and another at his family's home in Northwest Iowa, the investigation has been an immense distraction from Hunter's ability to be a good student and a great teammate. I thought he'd be a great student first. Emphasis on student. He should be a great student and a good teammate. Student comes before the team. Hunter greatly appreciates the cooperation and support of Iowa State University and Coach Campbell and his staff during these events. So he can focus on his studies and on the defense of his criminal charge. Hunter has informed the university and coaching staff that he cannot participate in fall football camp. So, uh, yeah, he's done, essentially. It's the long and the short of it, but that is one of the dumbest opening statements. Like, 
Why no one gives a rat's ass where he's from? That has nothing to do with the charges placed in front of him. That's not. It's absolutely not. Being from Tiny Harwood in Iowa for you smooth brains is in Northwest Iowa. That has nothing to do with this. Millions of people place bets every day. That's fine. That's fine. He's the one in trouble. He's the one in trouble. Like, cool. I'm surprised they didn't emphasize, like, go tenfold and go like, hey, people are murdering people out there. Hey, you're worried about this guy. I'm surprised at this point they didn't try to go down that route. That would have been kind of funny if they went down there. That would have been really funny. Reading that, I wouldn't have been surprised if they did do that. Why are you focused on this college kid placing underage bets when people are freaking murdering people out there? He's from Harvard and Iowa. He doesn't know what murdering is. They don't even have running water up there. I don't even know how he was to access phones. They don't have electricity in Harvard and Iowa. Tiny Harvard and Iowa and a close-knit family and a student athlete with emphasis on student first. Clarity statement from Hunter Decker's attorney because they're like, crap, that statement kind of sucked. To be clear, Hunter is not charged with any gambling offenses. There are laws on books about gambling and about student athletes. Hunter not charged with violating any of those. Hunter is instead charged with a serious business records crime that does not apply to the situation even if the allegations against him were correct. So, apparently he's charged with tampering with records. So, you're not charged with underage gambling. That's still not a great look. It's still not a great look. That's a prison sentence right there. That's a little different than just placing a bet on sports. That's the criminal offense here. That's why it's a bigger deal. It's a criminal offense. It's not just a E place bet. That's a different story. Like, we defended Ivan Tony for that. Calvin Ridley, same thing. Calvin Ridley got a whole year suspension for gambling, a $1,500 bet on an NFL-sponsored gambling site, while Deshaun Watson got to spend 13 games for 24 sexual assault allegations. That's a little bit different here. It's a little bit different. Like, the, the penalty does not fit the crime with those kind of things. It's the tampering and the criminal aspect of this that make it not ideal. So I would be pretty shocked if he played for Iowa State this year. I'd be pretty shocked. Did he throw an interception? Did the Jet, did Kellen Mond throw another interception? Incomplete pass. Okay. 13 nothing. two minutes, 10 seconds left in the second quarter. 13, third and 13 for the Cleveland Browns. Kellen Mond's still in. Yeah, couple thoughts into taking legal mind. After talking to a legal mind who can quote, explain to me like I'm an eight-year-old, the criminal complaints about are about tampering, falsifying, misleading. That's the charge. Underage gambling is a scheduled violation like speeding. Max fines $650, no jail. NCAA's concerns are different and are not the subject of criminal charge here. So, uh, the defendant, Hunter Deckers, is accused of a crime that is tampering with records in that the defendant did on or between the dates of November 7th, 2021 and May 2nd, 2023 in Story County, Iowa, did knowingly and intentionally falsify personal electronic sports wagering records by concealing his personal identity and said records with the intent to deceive or conceal a wrongdoing knowing he had no privilege or right to do so in violation of section 715a-5 of the Iowa criminal code. So yeah, this is a little bit bigger deal than him just placing bets. That's the problem here. So I don't think there's a lot of Iowa state fans and like, I talked to Brady about this yesterday. He's not too concerned about it at this point in time. He wasn't a big fan of Hunter Deckers. Most Iowa state fans aren't expectations for Iowa state this year to most Iowa state fans are pretty ground floor level here. Not like, uh, not basement level, but we're talking about ground floor here. There's stuff below the ground floor, but like, they're not very high. We're not expecting like Fiesta Bowl appearances this year, is what I'm basically saying. We might not even see a bowl appearance this year. Like you lose the Big 12's all-time lean sack getter and your number one receiver, 
you're going to have some problems here when you already don't have a great offensive line and you don't have a quarterback now. So you're going to have to get these guys, Cole and Beck, into these first-team reps to try and figure out who's going to be starting against you and I in uh, about a month, a little le- less than a month, because the first game's on September 2nd. It's October, it's October, August 3rd right now, August 4th when this comes out. So less than a month, you got to get your guy figured out. And you should probably figure that out within the next week so you can get him fully acclimated to the offense. And maybe they already have. Maybe they've already been doing this. But, yeah, not a great look. Not a great look. Iowa or Iowa State. Just not great. But the Deckers one I had to touch on a little bit more because this dude's a starting quarterback of a D1 program in the Power 5 Conference at Iowa State, which a lot of people now are starting to look at a little bit closer. So I love the fact that he went down the route of everybody does this. Everybody does it. He's from Harvard and Iowa. He don't even know. He don't know better. He's a farm kid. He don't know better. I don't know. It's just funny how that all works out. But, yeah, stupid college kids. Stupid college kids. Again, I've never had a sports betting app. I've never asked anybody to place bets for me, so I can't even speak on that part. So, yeah, not an ideal look, but they'll figure it out before the season starts, hopefully. And, yeah, I don't know if Deckers will be back with the team. We'll have to wait and see on that. I don't know really what the future holds for Hunter Deckers at this point. I don't know if he transfers somewhere else. I don't know if he sticks with Iowa State. I don't know if he plays at all for Iowa State ever again. I don't know. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Blum was already the backup kicker, and I don't even think he's on the team anymore. So that one's a little bit different in regards to Iowa State's losing their starting quarterback. So we'll get more information as it comes out, but that's all I've got for you today on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Football's back, ladies and gentlemen. Fun stuff. Football is freaking back, and I'm excited. Again, fall football is just different. Is it, fall is just different time. It's just completely Like I understand it's a Hall of Fame game. I understand it doesn't count for anything. I understand like zero starters are playing. It's still fun. Now, that's all I've got. Again, make sure you follow Logan Byman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. I've been Logan Blackman. I will see you all later. Enjoy your weekend, and peace.